Well, good morning, church. So awesome to be in the house of the Lord. Why don't we just rise as we begin to worship? I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven. signs and wonders I have resurrection power and still the miracle that I just can't get over my name is registered in heaven and my praise belongs to you forever this is my testimony from death to life Cause Chris rewrote my story I'll testify By Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified This is my testimony This is my testimony Come together sons and daughters Bought with blood and washed in water I sing the praises of the Spirit, Son and Father Our God will finish what He started Yes, our God will finish what He started Oh, this is my testimony From death to life Cause grace rewrote my story I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Come on. Come on, let's celebrate his name today, the name of Jesus Christ. If I'm not dead, that you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. Come on and sing if it. I'm not dead, that you're not done. Oh, do you believe that this morning? Come on and say it. Greater on. things are still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, that you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, that you're not done. my testimony from death to life cause grace rewrote my story I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified this is my testimony oh I'm alive this is my testimony from death to life cause grace rewrote my story I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Why don't we give a praise this morning, church? Oh, 
celebrate that this morning church yeah oh thank you lord he says if i'm not dead then you're not done ain't that the truth church oh yeah we thank him thank you lord for that amen oh we give him thanks let's lift up our voice this morning church and i serve the world oh but it couldn't fail me. The man's empty praise, treasures that fade are never enough. Oh, this right here. And you came along. Oh, and put me back together. And every desire. Now satisfied hearing your love. Come on, sing it with me. Come on. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. I'm not afraid Show you my weakness My failures and flaws Lord, you've seen them all And you still call me friend Cause the God of the mountain Is the God of the valley there's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing. Nothing is. Yes. 
Running out of time 
so grateful to be in this place with you in this time of worship together, Lord. Let us never leave this moment, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, why don't we give the Lord just a praise offering this morning. Amen. What a time of worship. And while you're there, why don't you greet someone and thank them for being there this morning. What's up? How you guys doing? Because I'm doing great. Yeah. That was that worship was crazy. That was. Yeah. Beautiful. That's okay. For and I was I was here during the practices and honestly I heard that last song during the practices. It was crazy. I was like jumping off the chairs and stuff. You know, um, literally. Um, I, it was it was one of my favorite songs that um, the band has done in a minute. Um, one of the new ones at least. But um, hi guys. I'm not just a random guy talking. My name is Chris, this is Lena, um, and um, we're actually youth leaders here at the church, um, and we are actually here to give you guys a few announcements, um, as well as a help from a few others. They're not going to come up here yet, but we're going to do it right now. We're going to go boom, 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 so I, ho- I hope you guys catch it. Um, so first, uh, we, we are going to be doing baptisms today, um, and you can sign up online, or if you, you guys just felt the Holy Spirit today in the message, you guys could go ahead and um, just go and get baptized. We're going to be doing it um, uh, with the, today after second service. Today after second service. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm like, yeah, take over that. It's today, but it's after second service. Um, and if you are wanting to get baptized, if you haven't been baptized yet, or you want to rededicate your life, today is the perfect day to do so. Um, we will be having a pre-baptism class at 11.30, so it'll be after uh, second service worship, um, and it's going to be in room 104 with Pastor Mike, who was yeah. just up here. Just up here yeah. um, and then, so. um, yeah, next one. We got to go <laughs> yeah. boom, boom, boom. I know. So, um, the, so the next one is going to be the bake sale, um, and this is going to be uh, sponsored by the youth. Because we are going to be, guess what? We're going to be having another fundraiser to raise some more money to bring kids to IYC and camp this year. I'm excited for that. I could give some snaps. But um, we're going to be having out here 
uh, sometime. It's gonna, David's going to be out there, the youth minister. Yeah. It's, um, it's going to be today. <laughs> it is going to be today. <laughs> it's, like it'll all be over today. The it'll be out in the mall. Uh, it'll probably be all set up once we're done with first service here. You'll be able to go out there, get some goodies. Um, if you have anything uh, that you'd like to donate, we would absolutely love to take your donation. Um, all, all of this profit is going towards fundraising to get our youth to IYC which I am so pumped. Mm -hmm. And we actually, we have uh, all of this, all of these fundraisers are actually leading up to our biggest fundraiser, yes. which we are so excited. Today's our first time announcing it. But we are going to be having our first annual fundraising banquet mm -hmm. for our youth this year. I don't know if we have a slide for it or not. But probably not, but hey, it's not. still a big deal. Okay. It's it still is. a big deal. It is. This is, no, I'm serious. <laughs> this is, so when is it, Lena? It is going to be Friday, March 18th, so if you have your phones, I know you, some of y'all check your phones during service. Mm. Open up your calendar, put it in for March 18th at 6 p.m. I it is going to be so amazing. Yeah. Registration is available online um, and on our app. Uh, tickets are going to be twenty dollars per person, uh, and then but but get this: right. if you want to bring uh, if you want to buy a whole table, so for eight people it'll be one fifty. So you'll be saving money, technically. Yeah. yeah. Um, so invite your friends, invite your family. It is going to be amazing. We're going to be having a silent auction. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be, uh, we'll, we'll have child care. So parents, y'all are, are good for that. Can't, yeah. can't use that as an excuse. Not this time. Yeah, you know, it's but a big deal if we already have, like, deals. So, like, you know, yeah. hop on it. Because yeah. this is a big deal. Um, so the uh, few of the last ones, um, of course. Guys, none of this would be ever possible without tithes and offerings. You hear it week in, week out, but this is something that is so, like, real, you know? And, um, of course, uh, I'm going to jump through it quick, but uh, if you guys haven't known how to tithe uh, just yet, um, there are, we do have physical boxes where you could drop in, you know, physical money in there. We also have our app um, that you can go ahead and download and use that. That's what I personally use. Or you could also text. Um, all the information is going to be up there. Uh, but, you know, my favorite one's the app, so I'd probably do that. And let's see. So that was actually our last one before introducing our other uh, people that are going to be coming up here. And it's actually um, so, Pastor Cindy yes. herself. So we want to invite Pastor Cindy yeah. Mansfield up here and Sonia Cleveland. Yeah. Um, she, oh, she was over there. A big hand. Yes. Yeah. Welcome. And they're going to be talking to us today about sisterhood. So, yeah. 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 Morning, everybody. I want to welcome all of you online. Good morning. Thank you for being here. This is great. I yes. love this. Young people up here doing what God has called them to do. Yes. I love that. Yes, thank exciting. you. So this leads up, uh, Pastor Sonia. Pastor Sonia, she Pastor, just got her yes. ordination. Amen. So, <laughs> Pastor, good morning. Pastor, 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 good morning. We didn't even get together with this pink. It just yeah. happened. <laughs> But I'm excited. I'm so excited it's, to announce. It's going to be wonderful. We've had women's ministries before, but this is different. It's called sisterhood because we want every generation to be welcome. Yes. All generations welcome to this wonderful ministry. And we've got several things going on every month. Yes. So we this also Saturday. have an information booth that's coming up, and uh, Tressa Vigil will be doing that. And she'll be handing out and telling you all about all of our stuff. But Pastor Sonia, why don't you tell them what kind of things are going to be happening? Well, we have several activities. For those of you that cannot make it, this coming Saturday, 
from 10 to 11.30. It's only an hour and a half of your time. Are we going to have child services? Yes. Okay, child services. So um, it's a potluck style. So if you can't make that, there will be other activities that are women-led. And we will go out in the community and have lunch. We can do art projects. We're going to do flower arranging uh, projects and all kinds of different activities that you could choose from. So if you can't make the monthly or the uh, sisterhood brunch, potluck brunch, then We've look for something else that you can you join. Can come to. Yes. And please invite your uh, daughters, invite your mothers, yes. uh, invite your neighbors, invite your classmates, invite everyone around you so that they can enjoy a wonderful relationship with Christ with each other. Amen? Yes, we all need each other. So ladies, come out. Let's have some fun. It's safe to come out, those of you online. (laughs) And that's one of the reasons why we're doing this. We've all been shut in for the last couple of years, so we need to get back to fellowship. Amen? Yes. God bless you, and thank you so much. And here's... No, no. They were both wearing pink because great minds pink alike. Ah! Ah, (laughs) That was really, really bad. (laughs) Hey, guys, uh, before I introduce our speaker, would you just join me in praying for Ukraine? The horrible situation over there. And uh, just, I can't even imagine what they're going through. Uh, Just hearing the sirens bombs going off and now there's ground attack father our hearts cry out for the ukrainians and pastor anthony griego from our reverend griego one of our teachers here father he's a college professor and teaches at the seminary out there in the ukraine his heart is so heavy and ours are as well for all the pastors and leaders that he ministers to father i pray that the christians rise up there in Ukraine, and that they take a bold stance in prayer, that God would completely turn this situation around, bring peace and grace and love and mercy. There, and I pray in Christ's glorious name, amen. Guys, 1998, I was invited to preach in Costa Rica at a large convention called uh, El Concilio Hispano de la Iglesia de Dios Internacional, and it's a it's an international conference uh, for a council of churches over the churches of all of Latin America, and it was held in Costa Rica. And there, I got to meet this guy that was just fired up for Jesus, and he was an older man. He was older than me, or he is older than me, and a Harry Noctegall, and this guy was just I might. Another Chicano with a gringo last name, Mansfield and Noctical. It almost sounds like a law firm or something. You know? But Harry was just, man, this guy's wired up and fired up for the Lord. And he tells me, he goes, Pastor, I have this son that's on fire for God, and he's studying in Yale University, and he's just a brilliant, brilliant young man. And you know, sometimes we brag about our kids and they're brilliant even when they're not as brilliant as we think, you know. Man, his son is even more brilliant than what he talks about. With us today, I have Patrick Noctegall, his beautiful wife, Jamie, 
they're missionaries that we've partnered with in the past and we want to continue to partner with. Uh, they're in Europe, and they'll be telling you a little bit about what they do. But would you please welcome Patrick and Jamie Noctegall? Good morning. It's such a privilege to be with you this morning. Uh, thank you so much for welcoming us so warmly. Um, and thank you, Pastor, for that very touching introduction. Um, Harry actually passed away four or five years ago, and, you know, all of us who have lost loved ones, it's always precious to hear others share memories, so thank you for that. Um, as you can see on the slide here, we've been serving as missionaries with the Church of God through Global Strategy for about the past 22 years. We started out in Hong Kong, uh, working with the Church of God congregation there and in mainland China. And this church supported us for many of those years that we were there. And uh, there was even a lady, I, I think I heard that she's passed away, who had crocheted a baby blanket for Marco when he was born, when we were serving in Hong Kong. So we always remember this church so warmly. You've been, you know, beside us in ministry all through these years. And uh, if we go to the next slide, we're actually, I want to share thanks with you as well from our teammates, um, Kelly and Rhonda Phillips. Um, this church has been supporting this ministry that our team uh, has been working on in northern Germany called P Pink Door, excuse me. And it is a, a home, but also just a ministry for women who have been trafficked or are trying to leave a life of prostitution. And so uh, we have a safe home where women can go and stay for a period of time. We have social services, language uh, classes, job training courses, um, anything we can do to help these women get back on their feet. And this church has been a very generous supporter of that ministry. So we want to just pass thanks to you. Um, you are having an impact. And I want you to know this is, this is what you guys are helping to do. For the past 11 years or so, we've been uh, living in Germany and serving the entire region of Europe and the Middle East. And we have a team of missionaries there, the Phillips included. And uh, we are on a home assignment, which means we take a break from our ministry overseas, come back to the USA for about a year, and visit churches and individuals that support us. Um, in case you don't know, missionaries typically are 100% supported by the donations from churches and individuals. So this year is a time for us to be able to come back and connect with people, visit churches, uh, raise additional funds if necessary, uh, and prepare hearts and minds, our hearts and minds, to go back to the field to serve once more. So we're about nine months through our one-year home assignment. Uh, our goal is to return in early summer, and at this time we will be based in Italy, taking on some slightly different responsibilities, but continuing to work in the entire region. And uh, we're very excited about that. Um, not as excited about language school again. <laughs> we don't speak Italian. Um, but we are going to uh, work with the two churches of God there in Italy, as well as the region, as I said. And so I would just ask that you pray for us in these last months of our, our home assignment as we're traveling. We are continuing to raise funds so that we can go back. We need about, I don't know, about $10,000 in pledges. Uh, to enable us to get back to the field, 
uh, pray for favor with the immigration, that we can get the visas we need, uh, and pray for our son, who is now in his first year of university in Massachusetts. We'll be leaving him on this side of the ocean when we return to the field. So um, thank you so much. I wanted to just say, too, you know, we prayed for Ukraine, and I, I think Patrick's going to share some more about this. But in case you don't know, we have quite a few Churches of God congregations in Ukraine. And um, we've been glued to the news <laughs> and to Twitter for the past uh, several days. And uh, if, if you go to our team's uh, Facebook page, Three Worlds, and there's information out on the table in the, the mall, right, out in the mall, um, you can go there. Our regional coordinator, Nate Tapman, just put up an update um, of some of the different, you know, some of the churches we haven't been able to have contact with or we lost contact. Anyway, just continue to pray. Pray for our brothers and sisters there. Um, we feel, I mean, we've always felt an urgency to get back because our hearts are always in our work there. Now we feel this very much added urgency uh, to get back. And uh, our team is, is mobilizing on every front to try and um, address the, the huge humanitarian crisis that we're now going to be facing. So, Patrick. Well, thank you. We're excited to be here. Congratulations on this building. It's, it's beautiful. This is our first time since you've gotten the building. And, um, and I definitely want to, to say that uh, Pastor Mansfield has been a real um, inspiration and a, and, a, and a hero to a, a lot of us Latino um, pastors in the Church of God. Um, someone has to be the pioneer, and I have learned myself that when you are the pioneer, all the arrows get shot at you. And so somebody has to be the leader who stands up and is the first and is the visible leader. And, and for us Latinos, that was, that was him. And so I'm here because, because he went first. And then that's what I try to do in my ministry, too, when I work with young people. Um, uh, I, was, I was an abandoned child. I was born in Costa Rica, y, oh, and... <laughs> And, uh, and um, I was supposed to die. I was um, mistreated, abandoned, left alone. And I was so sick that it was just a matter of, of weeks for, for me to die. But I got put into an orphanage, and um, some missionaries came through that orphanage. And their little daughter kind of ran away. She was there, too. They were a group of nurses with the missionary, and the little daughter ran away, and she went to a crib, and she found a little baby, and she said, I want that one. And that was me. And they fought and fought to get me adopted because they said, he's going to die. We don't, we don't want you to take a baby that's going to die. And my mom just said, even if, even if he only lives two days, God has told me to, to, to take this child. What ended up happening is by the time I was eight years old, I got a really strong call to be a missionary to China, which is far, far away, and to the middle of China, and to work with the poor people of China. And, and God put me on a journey from that age of eight until finally, uh, 20-something years later, I was working with lepers, leper colonies in China, doing what Jesus did, working with lepers. Um, 
I've written my testimony in this book, and, and this book, it, it, it tells you my life story, but, but it's very funny because God, on this journey that God put me on, there were many obstacles, many painful things, many funny things, which I do write about. It's a pretty silly, funny book a lot of the time. Um, and there's lots of embarrassing stories. So if you're interested in knowing more about uh, how the Lord worked in, in my life, um, we'll be selling that book there. And then also if you have questions about Ukraine or Russia. Because I want to start and I want to talk about that first. Um, a few years ago, I was needing to go to the Ukraine for a week of sermons as we dedicated a brand new building. And I did not want to do it. I was exhausted. I was, I was discouraged. I was in a very, very discouraged place. And I, I just... I just was dreading it. Um, and uh, usually I love, I mean, I love traveling. You know, I've been to 80 countries and gotten to preach all over the world. And this was one time I was not looking forward to it. Well, I went, because I had to, to go and do all that preaching. And I ended up in this little tiny village in the Ukraine that was so small, very, very poor. You know, people don't have indoor bathrooms. Two little streets, you know, kind of bisected by like five streets. And as this tiny village, we had a brand new church we were opening. Um, it was going to be the first building with an indoor toilet. But it wasn't finished yet <laughs> on the dedication day. Well, while I was there, there was this little girl who was nine years old, little Ukrainian girl. Her name was Masha. And um, Masha, she connected with me. And suddenly, she became my little PR agent. I mean, she starts taking me everywhere and becoming like my handler, you know? Because I'm there for a week. So she's like, okay, it's meal time. You go first. Here's, go get, you know, get your food. She doesn't speak English, but you can tell what she's, she's saying, you know? Uh, oh, okay, you need to have a shower. We don't have showers here. We'll take you to my home. We don't have a shower either, but we have a bath. So she takes me to, to her home for that. Or, or she says, okay, it's time for you to, to preach the sermon, and you sit there. Now, none of this is in English, but you can just tell this little nine-year-old girl, she's got, you know, she's got it. She's a leader. And so she's like, yeah, sit there. And then I preach the sermon, and I go back to her, and I'm like, how, how did it go? Well, that one was kind of like this, you know, but, but she's all in, in, in Ukrainian, you know. But, uh, you know, the second one was good. The second one. This girl, I mean, I just fell in love with this girl. She was just, you know, too much. And uh, when, uh, when we said goodbye, she just cried and cried and cried when the week was over. And while I was there, I also met another uh, wife of a pastor who gave me a prophecy. Doesn't speak English. God gave her a word for me. They wrote it in Ukrainian, had someone translate it for me. And that prophecy was completely... Only God could have known those things. And so I was blessed deeply. That began my love affair and knowledge about the Ukrainian church. Well, that little village I told you about was overrun by two columns of tanks three days ago. Her family is stranded in that area. She is on the other side of the country trying to escape. She's 19, she's 20 now. And I'm getting messages from all of them all the time. The, all my Ukrainian friends who are scattered all over, 
They're all being bombed, no matter what city they're in. And they're all writing to me and giving me the latest update. Some are trying to cross the border. Some are hunkering down. Some are in basements crying. Um, and I get these messages all the time. And I mean, I just wake up and, you know, every morning kind of like, what am I going to find? You know? Um, that little girl, Masha, we sent, she, she, she got a call after that visit to, to become a missionary too. And we, and we sent her on her first mission trip before COVID broke out all the way to Sri Lanka. So we sent this, this wonderful Ukrainian girl when she was now uh, 18 to Sri Lanka on her first mission trip. Well, at the moment, my last contact with her was that she's on a bus trying to cross the border into Poland. And it looks like it's a 60-hour wait. 60-hour wait. That's how long the line is. Um, one of the things that's happening is that, you know, Vladimir Putin, he does not view Ukrainians as people. He does not have the capacity to think of women and children and, and the beauty of them. What they are is territory and legacy. Okay, territory and legacy. It's politics for him. It's about winning, and it's about power. That's who Putin is. Now, that's a really toxic way to view people. And it is causing destruction in those countries. Now, what concerns me is that as I come back to America, I see a lot of Americans with the same attitude. I see a lot of Americans who have developed these very strong views, and they're willing to start looking at the people they don't agree with as less than human. And, you know, those people are Mexicans. Those people are Trump, Trumpsters, you know? Uh, those people are black. Those people are white. Those are liberals. Uh, those are neo-Nazi people. Families are fighting. We see the churches we visit divided. When we're driving across America, which we do all the time, we see, we see uh, uh, anger in the driving in a way we never used to see. And there is a spirit of that that has infected the church. And I see it as I travel around the churches. And what's happening is we're losing the ability to see each other as human beings first and as children of God first. Now, there's a, a picture on the, one of the slides that should be of a group of uh, young people. There we go. That's some of the young leaders we've been training. And they're amazing. In fact, in fact, our Ukrainian young leaders remind me so much of the team I just met here, your team. Like, if, if I brought my Ukrainian leaders to meet with your team here, they would look the same exact age, and they would look exactly alike, and they dress alike. I mean, they're so much like you guys. It blew me away, you know? That's what they're like. They're such fun people, fun young people. Well, in that, in that picture are some Ukrainians, but also there are Russians, because we work and train with Russian young pastors, too. Now, those Russians are in a country that hates Ukraine, and U the Ukrainian Christians are in a country that hate Russia. 
And the sad thing is that our friends in the Russian church, these are their brothers and sisters in Christ. But the politics of the country is going to make them enemies. Not if they put Jesus first, but if they put politics first. And the church that we have in Russia has a beautiful building. It's the only pretty building in the city, frankly. And uh, beginning on Monday, when these economic sanctions start coming in, they may lose everything. They may lose lights, electricity. They may lose their jobs. Their, their banks will be closed, probably. Any money they had is probably not going to be accessible. Monday is going to be a nightmare for our Russian Christians. Monday is going to be a nightmare for our Ukrainian Christians. And it's all because of a, an ability, an inability to view what God is doing with his humans that he's created, that he loves us all equally. And like I said, not only does it infect it in church, but it's in the Bible. And I want to show you a scripture. Um, there should be a little slide there with the scripture. Um, it's Luke 9, 51, verses 56. Huh. This is a really interesting one. When the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him because they did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. Okay, so what that means is there was a group of people, a different group called the Samaritans, that the Jews were supposed to hate. And they were supposed to hate him because they didn't believe that God resided in Jerusalem or that that was a holy city. They worshipped a mountain. They thought that God was on a mountain. That was very, very, very offensive. That was one of the things that was very offensive. And so they all grew up hating those people, you know, those dirty fill-in-the-blanks, the way we do now on social media. And so, you know, Jesus has not had an easy time talking to these people. And so his people, his disciples, are kind of not sure why he's doing this. When his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. Then they went on to another village. Now let's stop and think about that, okay? So these disciples have been hanging out with Jesus all the time, watching him play with the children. He's, he's healing people. He's talking to Roman soldiers. He's talking to the people you're not supposed to talk to, like the lepers. Okay, that's who Jesus is. He's always going and talking to all these, these people you don't talk to. And after all that time that they've been hanging out with Jesus, his disciples, his followers, the ones who know him the most intimately, they say to Jesus, hey, Jesus, those Samaritans, man, they're disgusting. How about you just rest, take it easy, you know, just you've been walking a lot lately, Jesus, and preaching a lot lately, Jesus. Why don't you just sit there and hang out while we call lightning down from heaven to blow them up? That's the disciples. And 
There's so many stupid things with that. Like, like they're so full of themselves, they think they're going to call the lightning down. And, they're, and they have the audacity to tell Jesus, oh, Jesus, this is what, what should happen right now. And their response is, yeah, yeah, Jesus, what we should do is just destroy them. That is so wrong. And I think the Bible, this happens a lot in the Bible, they don't tell us fully what, what happened, what he said. And so here it says that uh, he turned and he rebuked them. Now, I don't think that's exactly what happened. I mean, I do think that, you know, he rebuked them. But I don't think it was like, hey, guys, I rebuke you. I think they got the mother of all scoldings. I think he went medieval on them so much that they would never forget it and be embarrassed about it for the rest of their lives. I'll bet those disciples, man, you know, 10 years later, were just like, man, remember that time Jesus, like in front of everyone, just completely ranked on us? Remember that? I'm so embarrassed. I don't know, have you ever been scolded by someone? Maybe it was an elementary school, or junior high, or your wife yesterday, or something, you know? You, you know and, and someone just lets you have it. You kind of don't forget that. You know, you don't forget that, that moment of just kind of condemnation, especially when you know that you were in the wrong. And what was happening here is that the disciples were not seeing the humanity of the Samaritans. They were seeing their enemies. Now, it was an interesting study done in Stanford University where they actually opened up the brain of, of, of people and, and put in little sensors because they wanted to see um, different parts of the brain can make you feel different things. And so they wanted to see what would people want to feel if they could just, if you could just tap a button and feel whatever. You could feel hunger, you could feel laughter, you could feel happiness, maybe physical pleasure. It's an interesting experiment. Now, what would humans in this experiment want to, what button would they want to hit the most? Laughing? Would it be sexual? What button would humans want to hit the most? You know what it was? Outrage. Outrage. It turns out humans are addicted to outrage. We apparently love being angry and righteously angry. And you know who knows that? Satan. And you know who else knows that? Facebook. And Twitter. And social media. Because their algorithms, designed not far from Stanford University, those algorithms are intentionally created to tap into your anger. That's the number one thing they're targeting, is your anger. Because nothing keeps people coming back more, because it becomes addictive. 
And that's what I see happening in our society. We're becoming addicted to being angry, of making everything political, of, of finding out who, who we're going to demonize next. And the church has fallen into that. Now, why did the, the disciples feel so justified? I mean, they were being jerks. Why? Well, the Samaritans were considered demon-possessed. That's one thing. They didn't worship at the temple. They worshiped up on a mountain, which is what pagans do. They didn't fully accept the, Jesus, the Jewish scriptures, and they had made changes. So, like, if we made changes to the Bible today. Uh, they did not care about the Davidic line, and they didn't expect a Messiah, just a teacher. And it was believed that you were uh, ungodly if you talked to Samaritans or interacted with them. Now, that happens today. In Rwanda, in Africa, is one of the most Christian nations in Africa. Many people don't know that. I mean, I'm talking 80, 90%. And just one day, things became about ethnicity, the Hutus and the Tutsis, and 800,000 people who were friends and neighbors, churchmates, killed each other. 800,000, usually with machetes. Now, we have a, a, a photo here of our mission team, I think, if we can find that little smaller group. Um, you got the mission team? Okay. So somebody asked me, we have the most awesome mission team ever put together in the Church of God, I'm telling you. I know that's bragging, but sorry. Okay, I'm guilty, sinner. It's the best that has ever been assembled. And somebody asked me, you know, why is your team so successful, you know? Well, there's a lot of logistical reasons and things and organizational reasons and this, that, and the other. But, but I think the number one thing that makes our team the best is that we view people for who they are. It's not about beating people up. It's not about shoving the Bible down their throat. It's not about converting them with force. We get to know the people. We are people who go into Samaria, even if they do things that offend us. I'm talking about refugees that the world doesn't want to have anything to do with. I'm talking about prostitutes and transgender prostitutes. Talking about Muslims that many evangelical Christians would never want to have anything to do with. Teenagers in low-income neighborhoods who are still doing drugs, having children out of wedlock, trapped in cycles of, of poverty and dysfunction. Young, young people who are getting kicked out of churches because they have tattoos or earrings. We deal with that a lot. Immigrants. There's a worldwide movement against immigrants. Atheists. People who hate religion and people who hate Christianity. But you know what happens? When, when we get to know these people, turns out 
they're not quite the stereotype we thought they were. One of the prostitutes, for instance, she speaks five languages and has a master's degree. And she's a prostitute. How does a prostitute have five languages and a master's degree? Because there's a story that you must learn about her. We have a lot of volunteers who help with the, the, the sex trafficking ministry, Pink Door. You know who the best volunteer has ever been? It's not the church groups. They've been some of the worst. No, the church groups have been some of the worst. No, it's a Muslim woman from Iran who's the best worker. I remember one time I was, I was on the border with Lebanon and Syria, and I met this, this guy from Iraq who was training to be an al-Qaeda suicide bomber to kill Americans like me. And here we were, hugging by the side of the road because he'd accepted Christ. You see, when we look closely, we see different things. We see a human being that God loves and that we should love. And I always say, you know, we can't give up on people because God doesn't give up on us. And no, none of us, me included, should ever be at a point where like, oh, of course God loves me. I'm so good at this. Every year that you're a Christian and you're not growing in grace, patience, and judging people less and less, you're doing it wrong. Every year that you are a Christian and you are not growing in grace, patience, and judge, judging people less and less, you are doing it wrong. I wouldn't recommend the Christian religion to you. I think you should try some other religions. Because the one about Jesus is first and foremost about grace. About the incarnation, which was an act of grace as God came into our world. Now it's interesting, when Jesus finally gets to that Samaritan village, with those dirty, dirty, you know, illegals, Jesus doesn't go in and yell at her. When he goes there, he enters into her world, and he learns about her. And if you read it closely, you see that he doesn't even begin to contradict her view of Scripture. He doesn't deal with that. Not only that, he uses the living water imagery. Now, that's important because Jews didn't use living water imagery. So Jesus presents the gospel to her, using her language, her way of thinking. And he, and he doesn't try to win every argument. Jesus does not try to win every argument. In fact, Jesus doesn't even plant a church there. And he doesn't leave any of his disciples there. Which, I'm telling you, he was so mad. He's like, I'm not leaving you guys there. You guys are on time out. 
think I'm going to plan a church with uh, lightning twins back here. It's like, no. I'm here to get to know you. He doesn't force her to conform immediately to everything. And in fact, he leaves her to be the primary missionary. And then she goes and tells the town, I met this guy who is mine. I met this guy who is the Messiah. I want us to get back to that. I want us to understand that we can't have those kind of barriers. You know, everything we see in social media and on the news, it's it's all designed for anger, hatred, choosing sides, all of it. That's how they make money. They need your attention. They need you addicted to this. They only make money if you are exposed to ads. And the way to get you most exposed to ads is to tap into that part of your brain that's addicted to outrage. And so what happens is we become a people that separate ourselves from from the people that Jesus is calling us to serve. And then we're just violating the gospel. There was a large megachurch in Dallas, and they they, uh, constructed a, a big kind of shopping center, like a big complex that had everything you could ever imagine, hair salons and exercise place and um, their own stores and uh, then of course a huge church and (laughs) so the news comes out to interview them and they interview this lady and they say what do you think about this uh, this um, huge complex that your church has built what do you think about that how do you feel about that and she told the news people Oh, it's so great. Now we don't have to associate with sinners anymore. Yeah, doing what the disciples did right there. Giving up on everybody. As if Jesus wants us to construct a ghetto. He said, go into all the nations. He didn't say, build a wall around yourself. And just hang there, hanging out with people who think exactly like you. It's not what Jesus said. Now compare that to this nun who was working at Mother Teresa's home for the dying and destitute, which is a very, very bleak place in Calcutta, India. My wife worked there for a while and met Mother Teresa. It's a place where... The people, they're going to die. It's a matter of cleaning their wounds, cleaning them in other ways, and trying to give them some dignity as they die. And the things you see there and the smells that you see there or smell there are bad. Some of the worst things that you can possibly see. But volunteers like my wife are there to clean them, take care of them, and to be holding their hand when they take their last breath. And there was a newspaper reporter there watching the nun. 
And that newspaper reporter said to the nun, you couldn't pay me a million dollars to do what you're doing right now. Why on earth would you do this? And her response was, because Jesus did this for me. Jesus did this for me. So she understood that there's just no difference between us and the worst of the sinners out there, except that we're forgiven, except that God sees beyond all of our weaknesses and all the the things that uh, make us fall short of the glory of God. I'm very worried about the situation in the Ukraine and Russia. Um, Every message I get from from our young pastors and our young leaders is we're being bombed. We're being bombed. I was hoping that because the country is so big that they would at least be in a a town or a city that, that the Russians wouldn't get to. But no, all of them are being bombed. Some are hiding in shelters. All of, our, all of our young men now have to serve in the military. They have to, um, they're digging trenches. One of the churches we just learned a few minutes ago is digging trenches. The church is um, trying to um, get food for the refugees and the soldiers. Um, their lives have been turned completely upside down. These are people just like you and me. You know, I mean, could you imagine if this place we're all in tomorrow couldn't exist anymore because there was no more money flowing anywhere? There was no electricity. There was no way to pay the bills. None of you had access to your bank accounts. Your job couldn't pay you anymore. Society just stops. That's the kind of thing that our brothers in Christ and sisters in Christ are going to be experiencing this weekend, and it's tragic. And that means that we can't afford, as Christians, to be those people who are the argument people, who are the people who pick the winners and losers and identifying the enemies. We have to be the people who engage the world. Now, some of you here, I don't know your stories, but... Maybe you've had some real trauma in your life. Maybe it's a childhood trauma people don't know about. Maybe it's a a relationship or a divorce. Maybe it's a a drug addiction or pornography addiction or, or some other thing that just always brings you down. And you have never accepted the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Or maybe you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But in their certain areas, you fall short of the mark, as we all do. Today, maybe, you are not quite the nice disciples that were sitting next to Jesus, but you're one of those that was calling for the thunder. Because we all, we all get into that situation sometimes. All of us. None of us are perfect. 
And so some of you may be believers who need to say, I need to purge myself of things from my life. But I want you to think about coming up to the altar, and what I want you to think about is not your guilt. I want you to come up here because you feel guilty about something you did yesterday or a month ago or when you were 15 in high school or something. I want you to come up because you understand that Jesus sees all of you and he's not scared of any of it. He can handle all of it. There is no crime, there is no thing you've done, there's no shame, there's no betrayal that you have done that now knocks you off the list. You are like the Samaritan woman. He will go to you. He will go to me, always. And he wants to know your story. Not the fake stuff, not your political views, not your theology, not your, 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 even your guilt and shame. He's not interested in that. He wants you to move beyond the guilt and shame. He wants you to be free. And you get free when you acknowledge that Jesus has forgiven you and he sees you as beautiful. Doesn't matter what you did. Doesn't matter what you did. He sees you as beautiful. And just like that Samaritan woman, he goes to you. He wants to have a conversation with you. He's not into just bashing you, correcting you, pointing out every little wrong thing. He's interested in the relationship and that you would trust him. That's it. Can you trust him? So I'm going to ask Pastor Mansfield to come up and lead us in this altar time call. But I want you to remember that. You don't have to come up because of guilt and shame. We're all guilty, man, and we're all ashamed about something. I want you to come up because you know Jesus wants to be with you. He wants to know you. He loves you, and he's here for you. Amen. Thank you so much, Patrick. Amazing words, my brother. You know, if they didn't let us in here with tattoos, three-fourths of the congregation would be gone. They didn't let us in here, men with earrings, we wouldn't have a youth minister. <laughs> you know what? It's not about the outward appearance. And we've talked about that so often. We've talked about not judging. And even though I really believe we're one of the most non-judgmental congregations, the reality is we still judge, don't we? I've been talking about that, how the vaccinated and the unvaccinated has divided the church and families. Politics has divided the church and families. Race, equality, and that mindset has divided churches and families. Patrick asked if any of you had never received Christ and you want to do that. Just raise your hand so we can pray with you. Anyone here today? I just want to make sure that we give you that opportunity. Then would you just bow your heads and ask God how you have been living. Ask him 
Are you divisive or uniting? Are you loving or judging? Father, I just pray for the outpouring of your spirit to overwhelm us with your goodness and love. I pray that your goodness and mercy just continue to fall upon us. I thank you so much, Lord, for what you're doing and how you're doing it. God, I just pray that, Lord God, you would just minister to us supernaturally. Lord, you speak directly into us. Lord, it's not out of guilt and shame, but out of conviction and wanting to truly repent. To really say, God, I've been kind of like the disciples, calling down for that fire from heaven. Instead of saying, God, I want to be more like you. Doesn't matter if they're Samaritans or you're Jews. Doesn't matter if they're from the South Valley or the Heights. Doesn't matter if they're educated or uneducated. Father, our city is so broken. God, we just had a 16-year-old kid murdered. Shot right outside his school campus by a 14-year-old. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for healing for our city. Healing for our county. Healing for our state. Father, let it start with us right here, right now. So if God's speaking to you, I invite you to come to the altar. We have time for that. To just surrender whatever you might be going through. Maybe you've been the victim. You're the one that's being victimized. You're so broken. You're like, I'm so tired of people treating me as a substandard human being. And you're wounded. You're broken. Maybe you realize today that you've been treating people as a substandard human being. Whatever you might be doing, wherever you might be, I invite you to make your way up. So would you stand with us as we sing out this song? And if you want prayer, there's people that want to pray with you. They want to just stand with you and encourage you. We want to just love on you. We want to let you know that we're going to get through this together. Amen. And you may just have something else going on in your life. But I just want you to know that God knows everything going on in your life. And he's here to just overwhelm you with his presence. Let us sing.
my place and laid inside my tomb of sin. You were buried for three days, but then you walked right out again. And now death has no sting, and life has no end. For I have been transformed by the blood of the going to close us in prayer, but isn't it great that, that we have grace? And it doesn't matter if, 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 you, if you, you struggled with drug addiction, or you still do, or your marriage fall apart, fell apart, or those things are not you. Not to Jesus. And he's the only one that matters. 
You don't have to feel shame. You don't have to say, that's who I am. I'm that person who failed here, who struggled there, who relapsed there. That's not who you are to Jesus. You are his child, and he wants to know you and love you. He already does. He just wants you to acknowledge it. Say, I just want to be seen by Jesus for what he sees in me. And that's what we offer you here today. That's what the gospel is. That's what we're presenting. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so glad for the gift of Jesus Christ into this world and his sacrifice, the incarnation and the resurrection that allows us to take a new life, allows us to even be imperfect at times, it allows us to have histories that are not so great in our past, but you don't see any of it. You give us a clean slate. You, you don't see us as a, as, a, as a point to win, as a religious convert, as someone joining your club. That's not what you see. You see our full, beautiful humanity. And we lift up today our brothers and sisters in both Russia and Ukraine who are innocent victims of something that is evil, that comes from a very, very evil place. This is going to be the hardest week of their lives, and we can't be with them physically, but we can be with them spiritually. And I am telling them, and I am messaging them, telling them you are with them. They are not alone. And so we're going to continue to lift up these brothers and sisters who love Jesus Christ and are spreading the gospel even now. Lift up that God will put a hedge of protection against them, that no weapons would hit them ever, that no church would be hit or burnt to the ground. And we pray for an end to this world. And we thank you for your grace again, Lord. And lead us out this week, always, every, every time we leave the church, fully aware that we are new creatures. Amen. I do want to let you know that uh, I'm going to give Patrick and Jamie an opportunity to go out to their table so that you can have a chance to meet them and just love on them. They said they have a need of $10,000 to make this transition to Italy. And we're going to take up an offering to help them reach and get closer to that goal. There's supposed to be some buckets at every doorway uh, for you to be able to support them and help them in any way you possibly can. And we're just going to believe that we're going to be able to make a big impact in that money that they're going to need. God, we thank you so much, Lord, for the things that you're doing. Thank you so much, Lord, for the things that you want to continue to do. Father, he downloaded a whole lot of information from your word that is still working in our mind and our heart right now. I pray that we really, really examine ourselves before the light of Jesus and you reveal anything within us that needs to change. 
Father, use this offering, bless it abundantly to be able to propel Patrick and Jamie into a very healthy state so that they won't be worried about finances so that they can focus on ministry. Thank you for you all you do. We pray blessing in the glorious name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Couple things. If you're going to get baptized, don't forget to be here at 1130 for the class. You're dismissed to go change the world and I hope you'll be generous in the offering. God bless you.